You need to rank your friends. You want to give your best time to your best people, to the ones who have invested the most in you, the ones who've been there, the ones that you've done this life with, right? That you don't want to be giving your your last moments, which are the most valuable moments to your number 15 friends. But your number ones, like they deserve your, your best time. That's just, it's good stewardship of that time, right? This is Leaving Well, where we unearth and explore the realities of leaving a job, role, project, or title with intention and purpose, and when possible, joy. I'm Naomi Hadaway, your host. I will bring you experiences and lessons learned about necessary endings in the workplace with nuanced takes from guests on topics such as grief, confidence, leadership, and career development. Braided throughout will be solo episodes sharing my best practices and leaving well framework. Expect to be inspired, challenged, and reminded that you too can embed and embody the art and practice of leaving well as you seek to leave your imprint in this world. Jerry Jones, I'm really excited to chat with you. Today. I'm more excited. We won't have a competition about who's more excited. We won't. It's not a competition. Just if it was, you would, I would. win. I would win. Yeah. <laughs> could you could you do us a favor, whoever's listening out there, and introduce mm-hmm. yourself? Yeah. So I'm I'm Jerry Jones. That feels like a loaded question because there's like uh, the, I mean there's like which part of myself do you want? Mm-hmm. Which of myself do you do you want? Um, so short short story. I'm Jerry. I live in California right now, which is new for me. Uh, I've been here a, a couple of years before this lived in China for about, uh, for most of 15 years, did a little back and forth, uh, worked with several companies over there, launched a couple companies over there, um, just doing transition cross-cultural stuff. That's, that's really kind of what sums me up is I, I love that stuff. I love that conversation. Uh, so anywhere that that conversation goes is where I try to go. And, um, and I've had a, a lot of fun doing that. How is that? Is that, that's perfect. Does that give you like anything else you need to know about me? I mean, I know other things that I would maybe add uh-huh. to that. Like you're a really, really amazing writer. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I enjoy writing. Like I, I just, I, I enjoy thinking. And so I enjoy like putting some words to that. And for me, mostly writing is just fun, but I, but I do enjoy that. Yeah. So that's actually one of the places. I mean, I think going back that we first met was because of your blog. Because you're an amazing writer too. And I, yeah, that's how, that's how I knew you from your amazing writing. Thanks. Well, and same, like I, I think it's interesting to be able to put kind of a container around our thoughts and mm-hmm. what we're thinking and then put it out there kind of in a, yeah, yeah. hoping this helps maybe someone else. Cause it's how I feel. And maybe you feel that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I, and it, like I found, and I think, I, I mean, knowing you and your writing as well, like those, <laughs> those are the pieces that connect, right? Like when you, when you're like, this is how this makes me feel. And what you discover is when you put that to paper or to blog or, or whatever, uh, lots of people tend to connect that. If you can be a little bit open, honest, and vulnerable about that, there's a lot of people who feel the same way, right? So what would you say, I mean, for me, the most memorable, which is hard to say, because there's a lot of uh, posts and things that you've done that are really sticky for me, but the thing that 
probably prefaces this conversation quite a bit is your work and writing around leaving well and the concept of that from a place space Mm -hmm. mindset. Is that one of your most popular blogs or are there other blogs that rank up there when you like look at your stats? Yeah, I I think like as far as things that have resonated with people and things that have connected. That's, that's been that concept and that idea. And that was absolutely one of those pieces that like, this is just stuff. This is stuff that I feel and it's stuff that I'm learning. Like I was, I I was really fortunate to work with a company in China that took that seriously, took it. And it was, it was kind of my first experience with that. Like these people were saying, um, not only do we have people coming in and all these expats who are trying to figure out what life looks like and, and all the new stuff, but there's this whole other transition on the other end of it. And so they were, they were taking that seriously. And then it it became part of my job to serve those people and help those people. And so that's where I got to learn about, about what it means to leave and, and what it means to leave well, and what it means to not leave well. Right. What would you say, or maybe could you condense your learnings around leaving well, Hmm. and maybe even if it's what you most found resonant for the folks that you were working with? How would you describe it for folks that haven't heard about it or don't know about it? Sure. Yeah. Well, I I think for me, one of the big aha moments was that like, we always talk about leaving, especially from a, like when there's a big shift, right. When you're moving, when you're, when you're leaving country, when you're, you're moving on to the next big thing, thing, we, we talk about leaving kind of with the language of when, right? Like, when are you leaving? What, like, what, and, and what that means is when did you buy your, your plane ticket for, right? Like when, when do you have to be out of your, your housing? When can I, when can I come stake the stuff that you're, when, when can exactly. I take the stuff that you're not taking with you? That's. And yeah, when are you leaving and what are you doing with your toaster? Like that, that kind of, that, but, but there's a date around it, right? Like, so June 16th is when right. I'm leaving. And and that is just such a fallacy, right? Like the, the realities you're leaving when, even before you decide to leave, because it's such a process, right? Like you go through, and sometimes that process takes years, especially in an expat setting. But, but I, I think, um, for anyone, there's always a thought of is now the time that we're going to, we're going to leave. Um, and then that ramps up from there, right? Like it gets more and more intense. And then you make the decision with the people that you're close to. And then you, the, you go into the process of revealing that to people, right? The people that you're close to, the people back home, the people like there's a, there's that revelation process, which is another part of the process. And then there's the, the goodbyes and the packing up. And then finally, like there's the, the airplane or the, or the departure date, but then leaving continues after that and leaving like that process goes on long after you've, uh, you've departed geographically. I I think that, and then, and then there's a, a, about, I, I forget 378 conversations you can have around that one yeah. idea that leaving is a process and not a, not a date. Well, and I also think what's, what's interesting about what you said around leaving is a process is the the whole thing around. You can also have made a decision for when that date is. And sometimes the decision is made for you on when that right, date is. Exactly. And so that's, yeah, yeah. that's a huge component of like, what if you're not the decider? What if you're, yeah. Or what if you are? Because sometimes that's even sometimes feels more painful if you're the one that decided. Right. Yeah. And we just went through the largest, like the most massive. uh, There was so much of that 
dynamic with COVID and like, I, I know so many people who it was, like we were a part of our community. People left for two weeks because this new virus was here and we just needed to get out of China, right? Like people needed to get out of China and those people never came back. And, yeah. and some of them, their process of deciding went mm-hmm. for about a year and a half, right? Uh, they tried as hard as they could to get visas, to get back in. Um, and finally, like they had to pay the bills and they had to, they had to do something. Yeah. So there were so many people who it was decided for them. And that was like, that was an overstatement of that, but, but that happens all the time, right? Like it, whether it's your company, whether it's circumstances, sometimes yeah. it's just not up to you and you don't, you don't get to hold the reins on, on when it is. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I also think that there's so much that you bring to the conversation around cultural competency and being aware of where, where your decision to leave or your reality of leaving falls into the spectrum of who else it involves and who else it impacts. What would you say you've brought with you from your work that you were doing in China and your current work now that you're yeah. stateside, even though that's also still international, what have you learned uh, that you would add to that? Mm, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and I, and I feel like there's this, there's so many little answers to that. Uh, but if I'm trying to, to kind of sum that up and things that, things that have stuck with me, it's that so much of, so much of transition is, it's like transition economics, right? Like it's, um, it's supply and demand, it's and when when things are in high demand and low supply, they're really really valuable. And so if you're leaving, that's that's where time fits. Uh, that's why I always when I would do seminars and workshops around leaving, I would always get the big shock moment, and people would look at me like I was crazy when I would say, "Hey, you need to rank your friends." Mm. Uh, and people would people would be like, "What in the world? You can't you can't say that." And I'm saying I, I I'm not saying you need to place higher value on people, right? But for you. Yeah. Your relationships have value and your time is becoming very, very expensive. It's becoming very, very valuable. And you want to give your best time to your best people, to the ones who have invested the most in you, the ones who've been there, the ones that you've done this life with, right? That you've been through the hard times and all of that. And you don't want to be giving your your last moments, which are the most valuable moments to your number 15 friends, right? Um, they're, they're good. Give them number 15 time, right? Have a party invite all those people or in, invite a big dinner and a, a lot of people to dinner. Invite like number eight. At once. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But your number ones, like they deserve your, your best time. That's just, it's just good. It's good stewardship of that time, right? Yeah. Like it, it's, um, it's managing that well and recognizing that some people they've earned more of you than, mm-hmm. than other people have. I I think that what came up for me when you were saying that was, of course, all of the experiences and memories around trying to decide what to do, host a party, Mm -hmm. one-on-one time, whatever. And I also think that there's, I I could kind of lay that same concept over the places that mean something to you. Uh, After learning from you about the concept of leaving well, every every time we've moved, we make a very big point of going back to the restaurants that we love to say goodbye to our yeah. favorite wait staff and take pictures at the places that meant a lot to our family. And I think that that was also a resonant lesson for me around. It's not just people also as you yeah. leave. 
it's it's places it's the, it's your stuff it's it's all of that and I, I i feel like that's a lesson i learned from the late dave pollock um author of the of the tck book he was really good about putting that out there and just re- helping helping people recognize that it's not just about the it's not just about the relationships and the relationships really, really matter, but those, those places are really important. The, the, your stuff, like your sacred objects, I think is what he called them and helping your kids sift through that and manage through that. You know, what, what is sacred to you and and how are you going to honor that? Whether you hold on to it and take it with you, it moves on to the next place with you, or you have to say goodbye to it. How do you, how do you honor that? And that's, that's all part of that process, which is why if you, if leaving is an event, you miss all of that. Right. And so that's, that's the Mm -hmm. opposite of what you're trying to share with people and leaving. Well, what would you say about either your personal experience and relationship with goodbye and endings, or Mm -hmm. if if that's not the path, what would you say you've learned from all of the clients and organizations you've worked with? Mm -hmm. (laughs) A couple of things. One intentionality is absolutely key right and i always say intentionality like the opposite well i'll ask you what's the opposite of intentionality mm. there is the right answer and you you might get it wrong i mean the opposite of intentionality for me is apathy i guess mm. yeah that's a good answer You're wrong but uh, it's a good answer you win you win again jerry, jerry. <laughs> it's it's not a competition naomi <laughs> um saying if it was yeah, like there's so many opposites to intentionality, but I, I like to think that the opposite of intentionality is is just natural, right? Like because mm-hmm. if you if you're not intentional, you don't have to do anything. You don't you don't have to make a decision. You just float and yeah. and then you go where the tide or the or the stream takes you, right? It's just you do whatever comes naturally. And goodbyes are not natural for a lot of us. For some people they are, right? For some people are just really good at them. It's part of their their makeup. Uh, for many of us, though, we would, if we do what comes naturally, we, we avoid them, right? Yeah. Because they're, they hurt, they're painful. Uh, and so I think applying intentionality to, to all of that is absolutely key. Uh, we have to be intentional and the beauty of it is like the worse you are at it in general, the more leverage and the more, the more credit you get for doing anything intentional. My father was not a word speaker. Like he was very, very quiet. But if he said three words, it like the whole place would start crying because dad said something, right? It meant something. Saying goodbye is is the opportunity to be intentional and you get credit for how how intentional you are, whatever that, whatever that looks like, right? Whatever it looks like for you. People want to know how important they are to you. And that's one way to show them, but it takes intentionality. So if it comes very naturally for you, you just don't get as much credit until you move to that line of intentionality. And that's really important. I also see when you were talking, I was thinking about like kind of uh, maybe not intersecting circles, but, you know, a bigger circle, almost like the ring, ring of a tree Mm -hmm. where sometimes the intentionality needs to just be for you. Uh, around your yeah. process. sometimes it needs to get a little bigger to maybe the people that you live in the same house with yeah and for some of us or maybe even sometimes it can go all the way out to neighbors or people that right. you used to hang out with or whatever absolutely okay, this is going to be the problem with us talking is I could, I'm I'm wanting to go 10 different ways I reached out to you about a year ago and said hey Jerry you have this really amazing blog around, around leaving well, and it's something our family has adopted. 
And I said to you, do you mind if I kind of riff off of it and start doing some work around leaving well? I guess my question for you in that is, I would love for you to talk a little bit about impact Mm-hmm. And the legacy of of planting a seed or starting something, knowing that it has exponential opportunity, um, because that for me was something that really impacted our lives and has helped our family unit stay close and process our goodbyes when we've left country, when we've left expat right. postings. But then I brought it back to the U.S. and put it in my nonprofit world. And right. then people started asking me, can you talk to me more about how you left that last job? And so I guess maybe it's part thank you for planting the goal, but then I'd love to hear your thought about like legacy and imprint on the work that we put out. To me, like the the idea of living well is something that was planted in me, and I was I was fortunate to to have that experience um, through some great people, and something that grew in me, and and hopefully something that I've been able to plant in other people. Like this is a conversation that I've become very comfortable with and I love and it because I I, I love the impact that it has it has. I, I, I think it there's so much value that we and and to me it, it, I mean maybe that's the aha moment is that this even matters at all, right? Who who mm-hmm. thinks about leaving? Right. Like we think about, especially like in this world that we've both lived in this international, intercultural, like you saw the brochure, you got looped in, you're going to go live in this different place and experience the the different cultures and learn a new language and meet people from far away. It's going to be amazing. That's where you need training. Right. Nobody thinks, oh, and you're going to leave someday. But that is where. That is where lives fall apart. Your life doesn't fall apart with the with that first transition. It's it's exciting enough to carry you through, right? It's hard and there's challenges, but it's fun. What people don't tell you and the conversation that people don't have is, and if this is where you went with, I'm a triangle, right? Like this is, and that's why that piece connected so yeah. much to the world because people could resonate with it. And then the amount of people, the sheer volume of people that you connected with through that simple thought. Yeah. was was a world of people screaming out saying yes like i've had this experience too and thank you for hearing me I, we had, we had we had friends who shared with us that um they they worked with the company we lived with them in china and they they shared with us that every single person that they had worked with after after repatriating everyone in their company they had gotten divorced right and and we were like shocked by that and then they left and they got divorced right like there's there and and it was because it wasn't because right i i mean who who knows why behind all of that but i would say that their company could have done a lot better job yeah. at supporting them so that so that maybe things could have been different nobody can say what would have been different but maybe things could have been had they gotten some support yeah uh, that that could have helped them process through the their most important relationships, right? Because that's that's where the impact of this really hits home. Um, is is home? Yeah. Well, and I think about you know if you if you liken because leaving well when I started doing some deeper like who talks about leaving well besides Jerry Jones and in the expat world, there's a lot of uh, use of it, especially in the UK around hospice and dying, which of course makes wow. sense. Yeah. Yeah. And. I think about my uncle who passed away and he was one of the most prepared, most uh, independent, takes care of himself, 
person and we didn't have a will and, and what that did with and for our family. And it wasn't all good because then we had a lot of deep conversations and a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And when you said that about the brochure talks about the front end, it's the same with jobs, you know, the job description, the interview process, it's all really exciting. And even in all of the books about career development, transitions, starting a new job, I've looked in all the indexes and they don't talk about leaving. So many companies, right? And this is a very selfish business perspective. And actually it's a it's a misguided bad business business perspective, right? Is that there's so many companies who who like from a spreadsheet perspective we're done with you now, right? Like your, your time with us either here uh, or even in this job sometimes has come to an end. We don't need to prepare you for what's coming. Just go back and get to work. And those companies are, I'm I'm sorry, like this, it it hits a nerve with me. They're stupid. They're, they're ignorant and they are bad businesses, right? Because it, it supports your business to take care of your people, even if those people don't work for you anymore, because those people are going to go tell other people. And I, I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you on this podcast, but I know a company right now where everybody gets divorced when they leave an, from working abroad, right? I'd never work for that company. And if anybody asked me, should I, if the best talent in the world came to me and said, should I work for this company? I would say, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Cause they don't care about you. Right. Yep. So it matters. Like it, it absolutely matters. And businesses don't understand that. Um, well, businesses I, and every, like everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Well, I think when you were talking about the brochure piece and, and the fact that like so many people do have a big transition in their life, like repatriating, mm-hmm. leaving a posting, a job com- a company, mm-hmm. if people would just, if organizations and businesses would just start by naming it, that this is a huge transition. They don't even have to go the full kit and caboodle of offering counseling and support and resources, but just saying, this is going to suck. Yes. And it's yeah. very likely that your house is going to be disrupted. And it's very yeah. likely that the person you became while you were here and the, you know, all those things mm-hmm. and no one wants to even talk about it. Yeah, they don't they don't, And it's, it's really sad and it's, and it's damaging. Like it's, yeah. uh, and, and, and I feel like, it just hasn't mattered enough also for us to gather that for us, for us to measure that and say, you know, what, what's the data behind this? And, and, and so the numbers for leaving are much less substantial than they are for a lot of the other transition pieces. Well, and when you talk about it, not mattering enough to measure, I think so often what starts getting measured is what has happened to someone who's in a deciding role. Yeah. So, yeah. Once we start having folks that are responsible for the bottom line, if they experience that kind of a transition, then it might all of a sudden matter. And, and I mean, think about like, there's all sorts of statistics that talk about how much more it costs a company to replace someone who's left. Yes. Yeah. That is. And, the mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they always say it's usually six months to a year of someone's salary, but I think it's, I think it's more, um, I think it's more like two to three years. If we're Yeah. Being- that's, that's only what they can measure in yeah. the in what they put in the spreadsheet. Right. And yeah, those damaging effects, it's really hard to connect them to the, you know, the dollars, but, yeah. uh, but they absolutely are there and the reputational piece and the, yeah. 
the fallout from all of that it's it's really important and and so I, i'm i'm thrilled that people like you are taking this and and saying i'm i'm going to help people do this because it's important and i'm i'm thrilled that you know some people are getting it and companies like the company i worked for they they got it and and a few others did as well and i think it made a an impact it it made a change well and i'm watching i'm watching as layoffs are happening you know on linkedin and i'm watching certain companies do some simple things so they may say uh we were laying off you know however 100 people mm-hmm. and what we've done is put together a guide and a spreadsheet of what they are really amazing at and it's here mm-hmm. so wow. if you yeah. could if you've got opportunities if they match what you need could you please connect with them that's right. so simple yeah so simple. it is it is. It doesn't make the loss or the grief or the transition or disruption any easier, but I would rather work for a company who offers that at the end than Absolutely. nothing. Yeah. 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 And you can see that. You can see that coming into a company, how they take care of the people going out. Right. Yeah. And, and there is a, there is a narrative inside of any organization that permeates and, and will be told the story will be told if people feel like they're getting tossed out when they're, when they're done, right. That becomes a part of your, of your culture. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, there's so much, um, one of my big visions is that eventually people who are interviewing for jobs will ask the recruiter or the HR person, what is, what's your leaving well policy? Like what do you do when people leave? Because I think that starts to, like you said, it's culture. Another question that I would love to hear your insight. And and by the way, for people that are listening, we're just riffing. We're not, there was no prepared set of questions because it's not as expansive. So what do you, what do you want or hope for your children to have most learned from you and your family's modeling of leaving well? Yeah. That take into their adult lives. Yeah. That, I mean, the, the intentionality is, is one piece of that and just recognizing the difference between what, what a leaving experience looks like mm-hmm. when you just do it naturally and you do it in, intentionally. And I, and I also think like our last departure, when we, when we left China, uh, we moved to Malta for uh, like that was that was our next move that's where we were going to live and we did that in the middle of a pandemic and it lasted for three months and then we broke it it was terrible like it was ab- it was the worst leaving ever right the one good thing about malta is we barely had any friends to say goodbye to by the by the end of that right so it wasn't another round of that what i hope my kids learn and see and and value is is the value of what those experiences experiences brought to them right like uh because i i grew up staying in the same place forever and for them honestly for them that doesn't sound so bad after what we just went through right and there's value to it like yeah. that's the thing like for me the thought of moving and going and and be like that's what i would longed after and i wanted to see that i wanted to experience that i wanted to feel it because all i could see was the other side it's it's taken like coming full cycle to recognizing the value of where I came from, right? There was value in how I grew up, but there was also value in how we did this, right? And um and and I want my kids to know that there's something rich and beautiful about the experience of saying goodbye, yeah. uh, of of having people 
maybe that's the other aha moment is that it's not just hard and good at the same time, right? Like that paradox exists, but the, the hard is because of the good and the, and the two run parallel together. They run in tandem. They, they travel together. Right. And the, the gooder it is, the harder it is, right? Like it's, and so, and so the reality of leaving well and leaving poorly, like it all boils down to this. The only way to make leaving easy is to make it less good, right? Yeah. Is to make the relationships that you have less good. So it means not, and and we see people do that, right? Especially in, in the context of, of, high transition areas, whether that's the expat world, or the military world, or what, when people have to say goodbye a lot, they shut down and they quit building relationships. And then the goodbyes aren't so hard, right? But the life isn't so good either. And you have to sacrifice one for the other. So I think recognizing that is just such a such a key part of, of how you do life because it really dictates what happens after you leave well. How do you how do you jump into the next place, right? Mm-hmm. How do you connect? How do you how do you build relationships? And do you even do that? Or is it just not worth it for you because that was so hard, right? Hard and good are in direct correlation to each other. I love that. And I also think that there's so much to be said around the fact that, you know, that, that cycle of how you were raised and didn't leave the place. And then your kids now have experienced a lot of change and a lot of leaving and they might not think that the leaving so often is exciting. They might stay. Right. And even that cyclical pattern is really powerful Yeah, and it's rich. It it is. It's so rich. And, and, and that's where I think we're so, we're so centered around our own experience that it's really hard for us to see the value in other people's experiences. And, and, and I definitely went through that, that cycle of this is such a better life, right? Like I, I get to, and I found the value in making these connections with people from all over the world. And even though we had to say goodbye, now I know people all over the world. And we just had an experience this week where at a medical emergency in Kenya and we knew people, right? Yep. We know people, we can connect you. I love that. There's yep. so much value to that. And there's value in how my dad lived his life, right? Like he just stayed in one spot and planted himself there and surrounded himself with the same people his entire life. So much value in that. And I love that too. And we're, we're built differently. We have different things that drive us and motivate us. And both of those are very rich experiences. And both of those lead to leaving right? Neither of those is an experience where you don't have to say goodbye. Yes, that's so true. I I, I think there's a space too where I think a lot of folks assume that the beauty of getting to redefine or reintroduce yourself comes only when you have a transition or you leave and go to something else. And Mm. it came to mind when you were talking about your dad and a, a short story is that Mia, our youngest, when we repatriated, her fourth grade, I think fourth grade teacher called me in to have a, a teacher chat with parent, And I was like, this is, cannot be my daughter. Cause she's super, she's a great student. And it turned out that what she wanted to talk about was the fact that she was struggling with what she should know, like the U S presidents mm. and like currency <laughs> in the U S yeah. and I laughed and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we just moved back from India. So like, if you ask right. her, Hindi or you at like, 
And the teacher was completely flabbergasted. And she said, she not once mentioned that you all lived overseas. And my personal reaction to that was, why would she not tell? This was the most amazing thing ever. And we poured all this amazing opportunity into our kids' lives. And they just wanted to just... Life, yeah. 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 One of the other things that came up when you were talking about your dad... Mm-hmm. And your how your childhood was versus your kids' is, is loyalty. And I'm curious how mm. you feel about loyalty. I'm thinking from like the lens of a company and staying at a company mm-hmm. a long time versus people that maybe feel like they're hop skipping around. And I, I don't know if in your work, your current work, um, mm-hmm. if there's anything that you have to say around that. I think loyalty just loyalty like what we're talking about here, like life in general there's different expressions of loyalty, right? Like, are you loyalty to principles? Are you loyalty to a brand, to a company, to a, to a person, to a set of ideals like that? It it can look different uh, in, in a lot of different scenarios. And like the thing that comes out, and especially as I think about the contrast between my experience and my father's experience and and what I value, what he values is that we both shared, uh, shared like my father passed uh, just a few years ago, but a loyalty to an idea of, of what stability looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, like it was part of the dysfunction of moving abroad was to feel like something was wrong with me. Why do I want to keep moving? This is not what you're supposed to do because everything that had been planted in me was different. And I remember one time it was a business lunch and we met a, a, a couple who were in their seventies, maybe close to 80. And they had lived all over the world and, and she gave a, like a keynote speech. And so at lunchtime, I was like, I want to sit by them. I want to talk to them. And so I positioned myself, snuck in and sat. I don't think I sat in between them, but I, I got as close as I could. And I asked them the question. I said, what's the longest you've lived in any one spot? Mm-hmm. And they looked at each other. It was cute. And, and they were like, I think it's now. Right. And I said, how long is that? And they were like four years. And so here they are in their seventies, ha- having never lived one place more than four years. And I just watched as they, I mean, they were doing it in the room. They were connecting people and they were saying, Oh, you need to meet these people. And this person's in this part of the world. And, and it really like the, the idea of my father, who I would call a pillar who plants himself in one place and then builds on top of that, right? Like puts things and, and he held things up, right? So if you were to knock him out, the whole thing comes crumbling down versus these people who were similar in age, but I called them bricklayers, right? They were more of one brick at a time and, and what they did, what they did well was every brick that they set, they, they took, long enough to spend and make made sure it was lined up they did it right they made sure that uh that that people around them were taken care of they added value to because they i mean let's be honest there's a lot of walls built out of mushy bricks right that you can you can push over with your hands where people move from place to place and they have that same desire but they don't have a loyalty to stability right they don't have a loyalty to to anything that makes um, makes their environment better or people are taking it like any of those ideals. And, and I know this is like, I, I, I took your question and ran 
ran with it in a different direction. But it's it to me, that's what the loyalty really boils down to is like, what are what are we loyal to? How do we move toward that? And the reality is, I can move towards something very strong and very stable that it that looks like a brick wall. Whereas my father planted a pillar and built things around himself. And both of those are stable. Yeah, I I think there is a loyalty to to what is important that really, really comes into play. That doesn't answer your question about. No, it it actually does, because it's a really good segue to values, which is Mm -hmm. usually when I work with someone, it's it's something we do in the middle of the time. Mm -hmm. We, We do a lot of stuff on the front end and we do a lot of stuff on the back end. But in the middle is this really huge chunk on values. And yeah. I think we get it's so easy, especially in the workplace or project place or volunteer place mm-hmm. to lose sight of our values and why we're there in the first place. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that's so important. That was a good riff. That's so important. And and leaving is a is a great time to do a values inventory, right? Because because the reality is oftentimes in your tenure, in the amount of time that you've spent in some place, your your values have shifted. If you've gotten to live in a place that's very different from where you lived before, some of those values changed over time. And I mean, this this connects very much to the I am a triangle concept, right? You're going back to a place where maybe the values didn't change, but yours did. And and that's that's a big piece of, of who you are. Well, and I think the values inventory is a great idea also because the more you see about a place or about a company or about a sector the more I think you can either dig your heels in and say, yeah, this is something that's really, really powerful and important to me, or this is something that maybe I want to shift and go in this other space. And I think the biggest aha for me when I started realizing how much the leaving well concept could translate from my expat life to my nonprofit life was I see so many times in the nonprofit sector, we are just trading really exhausted people between organizations. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. And that, that's why your work is so important here, right? Like the exhaustion comes, the the overwhelm comes. This is, I mean, leaving is stressful. Leaving mm-hmm. is, is transition. Transition is change and change always comes with grief, right? So if people aren't going through that process, you're you're walking forward into the next thing. You're just carrying that yeah pain with you. And I I don't even use, like, I think grief gets a bad, maybe here's another aha thing is that grief is, grief is good, right? Grief is such a good thing. And grief, because grief is, grief is not the sadness, right? It travels with sadness and that's a part of it. But grief is like the, the thing that comes alongside of you and puts its arm around you and says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go through this together. We're going to figure this out. We're going to come out on the other side. And if you'll walk with me, it's it's going to be good again, right? Like that's where, that's what grief is. But we, because it always travels with these sad, hard transition change things, it gets a bad rap as if it is the uh, the villain in the story and it's not, right? And I, and I think we've, we've got to recognize that leaving is, is change and change is grief. And if we don't give it that space, then we're, yeah, we're selling ourselves short and we're, we're faking it. I think that's actually a really powerful response to the question that we've been pulling through with us is like, what was, what would be Mm. something that people might be surprised to hear? Yeah. Because if we 
normalize grief as something that's going to happen. Yeah. It means we also have to normalize or sit next to change, which means we also like, it just becomes, it puts more of a responsibility and not in a bad way right. on us to continue growing. In a moving transition, there's always, there's usually, not always, I'll say, because you you brought out um, at the beginning of this, sometimes it's not your choice, right? Sometimes it's just really hard. Sometimes you don't have something to move toward. Right. Oftentimes there is something, you're moving on to the next thing, or regardless of of where those things are. I think oftentimes we're surprised by grief, right? Because we've got something good to go to. And we've, this is, this is going to be great. We're going to, we're going to go back home or we're going to go on to this next thing. We're going to start a new job. We're going to move to a new place. This is exciting. And even where it's not exciting, our, our nature kicks in and we try to make it exciting. Right. I did this when we moved to Malta. I got out YouTube videos of how beautiful Malta was and said, let's, let's look at how great it and. And I knew what I was doing, right? Like I knew I teach this stuff in seminars and, and I was still trying to smack a happy stamp on it and make it good. And I was not allowing space for grief, right? This is for myself, for my family, for anyone. Let's, let's make this happy. And that is not the way to leave well. Right. And that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's counterintuitive to what people think is that there's a difference between leaving happy and leaving well, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leaving happy is ignoring a lot of things. And it's about that emotion that you feel when you get on the plane. Um, And if you can leave happy, great. But if you haven't resolved the conflict, if you haven't um, had the conversations you need to have, if you hadn't said goodbye, to the the people, the places, the the things that you've experienced, that's not leaving well. It's, you might leave happy, but you won't stay that way. That is, I I was trying to not laugh out loud so it wouldn't interrupt <laughs> your statement because it was so powerful. But I'm just remembering the stack of books I brought home from the library about India because mm-hmm. it was going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. Yep. And I and it you know, is that's true. It right? was. But what you're doing, yes, yeah, is different. Yeah. I think there's also a um, um, it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning that the excitement was in the leaving to go mm-hmm. to the thing, and there was not one person, one book I read, no one said you're when you as you as you land in india you're already starting the process of extricating yourself right. yeah. everything you do and every decision you make is one step closer to whenever it is that right. you leave and it's the same i think with our work and our projects yeah. 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 Here. what would you say as kind of our wrap up question about being the best so so if we know this so if people start saying okay fine leaving's inevitable grief is good and grief mm-hmm. is hard. So if they say, I agree with you, Jerry, on all the things you've talked about. Mm-hmm. How do we still stay centered then and present in the middle mm-hmm. and not, and not just looking towards the end? How do we, how do we lock into today? And maybe part of its values, maybe it's part, I don't know, but I guess that would be my last question for you. How do we yeah, do our best work today, knowing what's coming to me? Like, oh, there's so many different there's so many different angles to all of these questions, I think. And I, th- I think that like, that's the big question is when you're leaving, right. Which is now not when you get on the plane, right. As you ramp up to it, 
what's the appropriate amount of attention to give to the next thing versus the now thing and the the people who are around you mm-hmm. right um and i and i think i think a ramp is a good way to to look at it because you know when it starts and because it's so exciting so you may be you may be 3 months you may be 6 a month 6 months away from the departure date right mm-hmm. uh, but you're in the leaving process and as you get closer to it like you have to pay more attention to what's coming next right if you don't have a job you need to find a job if you don't have a house or home uh you need to know where you're going to live so like it just those things are going to demand more of your attention, which also means that the amount of time left to give to the people around you is even smaller than it looks like. Like it's not equal to the amount of time until the departure um, because you have to pay attention to some other things as well. And so it increases the value even more, but there should be a ramp up, right? Like, and so, especially in those, in those early phases of leaving, it's intentionality, right? Like, because if you do what comes naturally, you can't wait to, I mean, you're on Zillow, right? Like you're finding new places, you're, you're shopping for cars, you're um, like, you're trying to meet people and do uh, like the intentionality of staying long enough, right? Of being present with these, these people who have poured into your lives is, is really important. So I don't, I don't have a solid answer. And I, I think that looks different for different people, but I do think there is an, there's an appropriate way to look at it, right? Which is don't, don't leave before you've left, right? Like don't, don't, um, don't don't check out, right? Like check out of your people and actually, yeah, the, the people around you, the places, all of that, uh, so much a part of that, such an important part of that, that process. And, and they, they need your attention and we've all done it poorly. Uh, and we've seen people who have done it poorly. And yeah, like, I, I love to say one of the big surprises I think for people is that their issues can fly. And so wherever you go, those issues are going right with you and they'll wake up with you on the other side and they'll still be there six months from now. And that's what leaving well is all about is addressing those issues, um, resolving the issues where you can, but making sure that to the best of your ability, you don't pack them in your bags and take them with you. And you don't, it, they not only fly, they multiply, right? Like they, you leave them behind and you go away and you've, you've left a mess for other people to clean up. I have, I have this notebook that I've been jotting things down. And it has like all of the Jerry Joan isms that are, <laughs> really that is powerful around your issues can fly. And they, yeah, they can, life. they can. I've carried some with me and, and I, my first big transition experience, I, I stressed out more my first year of China because of the things I left unresolved back mm-hmm. home. And that was, that was a big, that was a big aha for me was, wow, I, I brought this stuff. I thought I could fly away from it and I didn't, and I brought it with me and I know I left it there too. Right. What is something that we haven't talked about? If there, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours, we but absolutely could. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you want to share that I haven't asked? I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I think something that you're stepping into and something that you're serving people with is just these, there's, there's so many of these points that are absolutely true of transition and leaving and moving on from one thing to, but they're also 
they're also very much life principles, right? Like, so whether you're, whether you're leaving or if you're a stayer, right. And, and people around you are leaving, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Whatever your position is there, there are so many of these principles that just apply to life because none of us gets to do this without change. And even those of us who, who move on from one thing to the next thing, like it's, it's very, it comes very quickly for us to realize we can't go you can't go backwards, right? You can go geographically back to a, a location, but as soon as you move on from it, it keeps moving forward. And so do those people, right? Um, so when you go back, it's different and you're different also. And so are there things we haven't talked about yet? Or like, is there any, yep, but we don't have, we don't have time for that. But this is a great conversation that I think would benefit a lot of people, whether they're leaving, staying, or somewhere in between. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. This has been fun. To learn more about leaving well and how you can implement and embed the framework and culture in your own life and workplace, visit NaomiHadaway.com. It's time for each of us to look ourselves in the mirror and finally admit we are playing a powerful role in the system. We can either exist outside of our power or choose to decide to shift culture and to create transformation. Until next time, I'm your host, Naomi Hathaway, and you've been listening to Leaving Well, a navigation guide for workplace transitions.